Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, room zoom zoom, Chuck. I was getting here, Clark. That was good, Chuck. I was hoping you bust out a lot of German. Still coming. We are um, going to do a, an episode on the Autobahn, as you probably noticed when you clicked play, right? Yes. Um, and uh, we're going to get to the bottom of the age-old question, who's Zooming who? Chuck or me? <laughs> who was that? Uh, Aretha Franklin. Yes. One of her late career pop um, songs. She also did the uh, Freeway of Love, so that's interesting. She took up like a, a you know, a highway theme yeah. later in her career. Although Who's Zooming Who had nothing to do with Autobahn, did it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I think I, I think you could make a case it had to do with S-E-X. Oh. Maybe. Interesting. Didn't every song in the 80s have to do with that? Uh, or cocaine? No, nah, get out of my dreams, get into my car. Oh, what, do you, yeah. what do you think the car is? course get in the fast lane baby <laughs> yeah yeah see this one's already better than you thought it was going to be let's begin the autobahn chuck far and far and far and on the autobahn so we'll get to that in a second <laughs> okay as a matter of fact let's just get to it now who is that chuck that's craft work or craft work craft work they were you know they're a german i actually saw them at uh the uh coachella festival wow and i'm not a fan so I, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I understand their place. Yeah, it's like I the mean, biggest they used to German band. Build their time. own instruments. No, trust me. They were so ahead of their I time. They had to it. build their own instruments. Yeah, the early seventies. Yeah, they were doing techno music, sort yeah. of. But yeah, I'm just not a fan of that kind of music, so I didn't dig it. But I, I get it. They're That's great cool. guys. Yeah, they seem like it. Nice dudes, and they had a song called Autobahn. Yeah, and you which said- was aped in The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah, by the Nihilists? No, well, they were Nihilists, but they were, uh, the name of the band in the Big Lebowski was Autobahn. The name of their album was Nagelbet, which I looked up today. That is the perion, perionchium, which is the tissue surrounding the fingernail and toenail. And that was the name of their album, which ate Kraftwerk's album cover, <laughs> The Man Machine. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's some kid whose head just exploded. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, Kraftwerk has a place in the Simpsons Pantheon. They made an appearance verbally uh, in the Fighting Hellfish episode. Oh, yeah. Remember the, the German heir shows up to claim the artwork, and he tells the farm boys to get a room. He's, he tells everybody <laughs> to hurry up because he has to go see Kraftwerk in Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah. We should just end it, wrap it up right here. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, Chuck, let's begin. All right. Uh, you know my brother Bill? I don't know if you've ever met him or not. No. Okay, well, Bill um, got into Porsches for a little while. So did my dad. And he got himself a brand new 911 Carrera. Sweet. In like the late 90s. It was sweet. It yeah. was silver. The moment it hit 55, a spoiler automatically came <laughs> up. It was just nice. It's such sweet cars. And it had like a little sticker on the front, and it said it had like a guy's signature on it, and it was like a pen in hand signature. It was a real thing. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, it was like I've I've driven this car, and this thing is a okay. And he said, "You see that? That's a German race car driver's signature. This car had like 15 miles on it when I got it because they'd taken it out on the autobahn. They do that to every single one." So I did a little research. This was the late 90s, and from say 1996. To today, I thought that Porsche did that with every car. <laughs> Doing a little research, I figured out that that's not the case. Bill may have been mistaken. It's a myth. Or he could have just gotten lucky and just happened to get the car that somebody uh, test drove on the Autobahn. I think I've heard that before, actually. That Porsche does every single one? Or, yeah, or that they, they test, you know, test drive their fleet. Yeah. Maybe not all of them, but... I didn't see any evidence whatsoever that they do anything, but they do use the Autobahn, this is the cool part, to road test like new models. Oh, really? Or they'll say, hey, you're you're an auto journalist. 
why don't you come on over to Germany and drive this thing? And they use, it'd be like us taking a, a car out on I-85 or I-75 or probably more appropriately 285 and just going as fast as we can and then yeah. going home and writing about it. I just read an article, like he said, the auto writers. Uh-huh. I, it was car and driver, I think. Some dude got a, a Lamborghini uh, Aventador and drove and wrote an article about driving 200 miles an hour. On yeah. uh, There's a stretch outside of Garmish. Oh, yes, Garmish. It's 45 miles of of awesome roadway and it's not like flat and straight it's curvy and yeah mountainous and apparently that's like one of the great places to go drive fast garmish yes okay we'll look for a stuff you should know quiz in the future with the answer of garmish oh really yeah all right i've, I've been i've been coming up with questions in my head are you gonna write these well yeah oh, okay no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm going to telepathically beam the quiz hey. to everybody <laughs> who know. listens to stuff you should know i was writing those quizzes for a while i'm sorry i'm sorry about that i'm a little testy about this one i'm not a car guy you've seen my car i'm not a car guy either so i drive a truck yeah, that's true mm-hmm. so are you a truck guy no i mean it's just handy okay you drive really fast though in your old old beater yeah so i thought you might appreciate this uh yeah no I'm not like a break a hundred miles an hour kind of guy you're at a, all you're just a break eighty within neighborhoods of Atlanta kind of guy no I, I I've slowed down quite a bit in my old age in yeah. residential areas but yeah no I still like to get from point A to point B like being on the highway to me is not a luxury it's not like a great experience it's like a okay now I can get there as fast as I possibly can sure because that's like a, an interruption of life. Having to drive from one place to another. <laughs> yeah. Teleportation to me would be one of the greatest yeah. inventions of all time. I could dig that. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned the the myth that Porsche uh, does that. There's another myth was that Adolf Hitler invented the Autobahn. Yeah. It's not really true. No, he, he gets a lot of credit for that. And I, Oh, by the way, we should say to uh, anybody who isn't from Germany or America or any other country in the world, if you don't know what the Autobahn is, it is the German um, federal highway system. Yeah. The, the Bundesautobahn, mm-hmm. right? Bundes. Bundes. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> um, that means, uh, in English, federal highway, motor, federal motorway, yeah. right? That's it. Yeah, and Bahn means track. So federal motor track yeah, I mean, is Bundesautobahn. Yeah, sure. Okay. Strictly translated. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Adolf Hitler gets the, the lion's share of the credit as the father of the Autobahn, but it's it's not correct, right? No. I mean, the, the rise of the, the Nazi war machine definitely had a lot to do with the rise of the Autobahn and the how extensive it became. But it uh, began construction in 1929, and I think the first stretch between Cologne, Cologne and Bonn was in 1932. Yeah, but he apparently also gets credit as like the father of the highway system in general. Sure. Uh, you know, the U.S. highway system is, um, is modeled after the Autobahn. Most highway, most federal interstate systems are. Um, and Hitler gets the credit. But really, if you go back even further to, I think, um, 1913, there was this um, high, this experimental highway called the Avus, A-V-U-S, highway in Berlin, ah. right? So that was like arguably the world's first highway. Because, you know, wow. the Germans were the world's first auto manufacturers. Sure. So they're the first ones to need a highway. And they do it right still. And then also there is the Autostrada in Italy that was built um, in the 20s that linked Milan to the lakes in northern Italy. So Hitler may have been inspired um, to to get this plan out the door, but he didn't even come up with the plan. There was another guy who was the PR head for the Berlin, I think it was Berlin, or maybe just Germany as a whole, the German Chamber of Commerce, oh. and he coined the term Autobahn in like 1920, 1921, really? and the German Chamber of Commerce came up with this plan for this whole thing, um, and then the Nazis stole it. So yet another reason to hate the Nazis. <laughs> As if we need it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so that is true, Josh. They um, The initial uh, first sections from Frankfurt to uh, Darmstadt was very straight, and they did test Grand Prix racing cars way back when on the stretch of road. Yeah. That is true. Right. Because one dude died, uh, Bernd Rosemeyer, died in 1938 after setting the 
very brief record, 268.432. His little buddy, Rudolf uh, Caracciola. That's miles per hour. Yeah. 432 that's kilometers really per nice. hour. Yeah. Right after that, Rudolf Caracciola jumped in his car and went 268.8. Yeah. And then Bernd said, oh, yeah, let me try that again. And he got in and he died. Yeah, his uh, car lifted off the ground. He got caught in a crosswind and was killed. Um, That's very sad. What's interesting is those two speeds you just mentioned are still the fastest speeds ever clocked on the Autobahn. Yeah, in these old cars. Yeah, 1938, uh, in one day. Um, and the first guy, uh, Bernd Rosemeyer, he was driving an Auto, Auto Union V16 which, uh, V16, that's a V16, crazy. yeah. Um, he, in Auto Union eventually became Audi. Ah. And then, um, Caracciola, he was driving a Mercedes, a V12 Mercedes W125. And he beat, yeah. he beat Rosemeyer by like four hundredths of a second or four tenths of a second. Did, did you see those cars? Yeah. I mean, they look sort of like sh- smaller versions of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, kind of. And they're going 260-something miles an hour. Yeah. They That's look like old-timey race cars driven by like old-timey race car drivers. Yeah. Who died. The guy died that day. Isn't that weird? It's weirdly ins- weirdly sad. So um, Hitler, again, um, father of the, the Autobahn, in some respect, he definitely um, he took road building to new heights or to new extremes um apparently you, you know the cologne bond stretch uh-huh. from 1932 that was the first stretch of highway in germany wow supposedly the first real one um six years later under nazi rule um 1860 miles of roadway had been completed so they they were like road making machines well they were and that kind of well it didn't really backfire but it it went into uh disrepair in a lot of places after the war because the German citizens weren't in such great shape financially after the war. No, and they didn't even get used during the war, which is the whole reason Hitler was building them was for military transport. But well, a yeah, lot of the of roads them... were like too steep, yeah, too exactly. mountainous, yeah. so they didn't use them. So they fell in disrepair and uh, took a long time. You know, Some points were even impassable, and it took a long time before they really got on a campaign to reconstruct them and build them back up to the, the Great Road. Yes. The Great Road. That's uh, that's that Route 66. You're thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the Mother Road. This is our second. Holy oh, cow! Boy. Wow, that's shameful. We both just realized that at the same exact moment. Two podcasts on a road. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This I think this will be the last. Um. Yeah, Chuck. It it wasn't until the 90s after um, East Germany and West Germany got back together, um, that the autobahn really started to uh, take the take the legendary form. I think that that we have now, that we have of it now. Which is now, see, I got the fourth largest behind America, China, and India. Oh, is that right? But it says the third, but I'm not sure which one is more recent. Or or it may be, it may have to do with how to, how to do with how India counts the road. They count like, it all twice. Well, if it's like a major expressway or what, because India's is way bigger than any of them, I think. But yeah. they, they might, Germans might say like, no, 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 we're talking highways only. Um, well, let's, sure. let, let, how about some stats, man? It's, it's your time to shine. How big is this thing? Uh, I have, as of 2010... That's pretty recent. 12,813 clicks. Wow, really? Yeah. That's a... Kilometers. Okay. It's actually decreased in size then, because this article has it as 12,875 kilometers. But when was that? Maybe that's newer. Maybe, or else it's shrinking. It might be, actually. It's shrinking in its age. It's got sarcopenia. And we should say for our um, American friends, uh, that's 8,000 miles yes. of right, roadway. Very nice. There'll be more stats. We'll, we'll scatter them out. Okay. Keep this thing exciting. What's another myth, Josh? You can just drive as fast as you want on this thing all over the place, right? Well, um, no, you, you can't. You can, but the Germans are a very sensible people. They're very efficient. Uh, they're very... Um, Re- sensible is a really good word. Yeah, to describe the German people. One might even say rigid. You could say that. Um, and they are well aware that you should not be driving unfettered speed limit wise through congested areas, like through a city or something like that. Sure. So, in a lot of parts of the autobahn, you're going to find speed limits, which are called tempo limits, um, in German. 
Tempo limits? Tempo limit. I like that. Which is, of course, one word. Yeah, sure. So congested areas, areas where like the, the terrain is really rough. Yeah. Um, during certain types of weather, uh, there's a lot of, um, factors that go into it, but it's not unlimited for about three quarters of the 8,000 miles. You'll find speed limits, but then there's about 2,000 miles of Autobahn, uh, about a quarter of the whole thing where there really isn't any speed limit. Not bad. You can drive as fast as you want, but there is a suggested, uh, speed limit. Of, um, I believe 130 kilometers per hour, which is 80 miles an hour. <laughs> but that's suggested. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to pull you over for that. Right. Uh, there is a minimum, uh, speed limit of 37 miles per hour, which is about 60 kilometers per hour. And that just keeps the riffraff off the road that will get blown away. Like Including mopeds and stuff like that. And, well, Horses. Horses, <laughs> which were banned outright from the beginning. Yeah, they from knew. German highways. Early on that they wanted this thing to, to cook. Yeah. Or at least it seems like. But even if it is unlimited, they still can, you can still get a fine if you're driving too fast for, you know, like weather conditions. You can. Also, I mean, if you're going to pass a, um, an Autobahn cop, which are called the Autobahn Polizei, again, one long word. Polizei. <laughs> Uh, you uh, you don't want to taunt him, especially if you're holding like a Big Mac. Yeah, because the Germans consider um, driving while eating or drinking as a distracted driver state, and they will pull you over in a heartbeat and fine you, and they do it routinely. Yeah, can I just go ahead and take my hat off to the German people for their sensible and common sense rules when it comes to driving? Sure, Chuck. Because that is one. All of these rules, to me, should be worldwide because they just make sense. Okay. Uh, for instance, the two-second rule. If you don't follow the two-second rule, which means you give yourself two seconds worth of stopping time for the car in front of you, then you can get a ticket and a suspended license. Yeah. Very and important. We should explain that to our younger listeners, maybe ones who don't drive yet. Uh, say you, you're following a car and a car passes a street lamp, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you should be able to count off two seconds before you pass that street lamp. Yeah. That means there's two seconds of space between, two seconds of reaction time between you and the car in front of you. That's the two-second rule. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Nice suggestion. Thanks. Another rule, Josh, which should be adhered here in the United States, travel fast in the left lane only. Pass on the right only. Yeah. It just makes sense. Well, so apparently the Germans are extremely well instructed in the art of passing and respecting the passing lane. So um, I've met so many people on the highway that I really genuinely wanted to take the lives of. You've met them? (laughs) I met them by making eye contact, like really angry, vicious eye contact. Waving at them. Um, Yeah. Uh, On the road, because they just not only won't get over, they maybe slow down a little bit. When you try to pass them in the in the left lane, they're going too slow. Yeah. Apparently, the Germans do not have this problem. No. Nope. If you are not getting over, if you're in the left lane and you don't get over mm-hmm. for a faster driver, you can be fined because they consider that coercion. You are coercing yeah. a driver who drives faster than you to drive slower. Uh-huh. And that is messed up. Yeah. And not only that, but if you're going 120 miles an hour in that left lane in your Mercedes and Gunter behind you, is in his Porsche and he wants to go 190. You got to get over. Yeah, because you're the slower driver. You're the slower and driver. also whether uh, whether it's you or Gunter in the left lane, you're not supposed to be in there unless you're passing. Right. The right lanes are for traveling. The left lane is for passing. And you don't drive in the left lane. Yeah. And you can get a fine for that. Um, you you're allowed to flash your lights and honk your horn at somebody who's going slower to basically say, "Hey, I don't want to use up my brakes." Get over, will yeah. you? If they don't get over, they can get a ticket. If you um, if you do it excessively, supposedly, that's coercion as sure. well. So you can both get a ticket if you find a grumpy auto say. That's right. Auto spawn say. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I think anytime you're not sure, just like do it quiet. Yeah. So go on. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned that, you know the left lane is for passing. You can also be stopped and fine. If you pass on the right, if your excuse was, 
But, hey, the guy wouldn't get over. They can say, I'm sorry, you're still getting a ticket. But we'll give him a ticket, too, if we happen to see that. You're, you're both going to get tickets. Right. Which is <laughs> like, that's, can it be any more fair than that? No. And women have to get a license to wear lipstick. What else, Chuck? Uh, the emergency lane um, is for emergencies only here in the United States. When traffic backs up in certain places like L.A., people will drive in the emergency lane because they can't wait. Yeah, that's that makes me want to kill, too. <laughs> but uh, they said, I love this part, even if you run out of gas... That's no excuse because that's an avoidable thing. So that's very sensible as well. I get the feeling that you're. It's very shameful as well in Germany to run out of gas because they're just so like on top of everything. Yeah, they're like you know if you run out of gas, you're 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 not worthy of being on the road. <laughs> like they have like like page eight of the local paper is <laughs> right. just like mug shots of people who ran out of gas yeah. in the emergency. Hans ran out of gas yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, should we talk about some of these fines? That's kind of the least interesting part. Yeah, how about this? This will this will drive people to the website after this. If you want to see some fines, some some infractions, and the corresponding fines in euros, look up Autobahn on HowStuffWorks.com. We'll remind you again later at the end of this episode. <laughs> Another cool thing I like about the system, Josh, it is it it's all consistent with how they letter and number everything. Uh, everything on the Autobahn system has a capital A. Followed by a number. Even numbers go east-west. Odd numbers go north-south. Same exact thing in the U.S. Is that right? Yeah, 75 north-south, 85 north-south, 95 north-south, 20, 40, 60, 80, all east-west. Same thing. It it was modeled on the Autobahn. Eisenhower's like, I love these Nazis. I don't think they're all like that, though, are they? Yep. Seems like California had some... uh... For interstate, for federal highways only. So what about rings? I don't know. Um, 285 is, our, is that's our loop. probably larger. I want. I don't know this, but I would suspect that the larger orientation, whether it's east, west, or north, south, would guide the people naming it, giving it a name. Gotcha. So, like, I'll bet 285 it has longer stretches going uh, east and west, or north and south than east and west, which is why it has an odd number. But it's not a perfect circle. That's for sure. I tend to make stuff up, and that could be an example <laughs> of it. Uh, you would think that because of the excessive speeds, that the uh, autobahn would be a death trap. I would. And for a while there, it was pretty unsafe. Like uh, 1970, I think was the all-time high when they had more than 21,000 deaths that year, which is staggering. It is, but it's less than the United States standard of about 40,000 a year. Yeah, but we have a lot more highway. We, we, we do. You know? Yeah. Um, in 2008, though, that number uh, fell to fewer than 4,500 because of a few things. Better engineering of the cars. Safety, obviously. Mm-hmm. Better engineering of the roadway. Very much. My dad taught me this. My dad's a mechanical engineer, but engineers, any type of engineer appreciates the work of any other type of engineer. Oh, sure. Um, and he taught me to really appreciate a curve where you don't have to move your steering wheel. You just you just tilt it slightly, and then you just hold it in place for the whole curve. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to turn it to stay into the curve. Is a perfectly engineered and perfectly constructed curve. I have driven on a race track and that's how it is but it, you can you'll if you pay attention you'll find that some curves on some highways are better than others oh yeah for sure and every and, and when you when you're looking out for it you really appreciate that one curve where you just pull into it you're like hats off to you guys like way to go this is a perfect curve yeah yeah when i did atlanta motor speedway i actually got the feeling that i didn't even need to turn my wheel because the bank it felt like the car just kind of turned itself yeah i'm sure that's not the case but I'll bet it is. It was pretty cool. Yeah. What were you doing on Atlanta Motor Speedway? (laughs) We did a a commercial shoot there years ago, and I got I had to go the day before to like get some paper signed from someone. Mm -hmm. And the guy that worked there said, "He's like, hey, hey, he did. He literally did. He's like, hey, man, you want to take a lap? I went, heck yeah, I do. He's like, you got any money? (laughs) It was unfortunately I was in a production vehicle, so it was a like a, a GMC Yukon SUV. Gotcha. I went like ninety, and it felt on that on the high on that track. It felt like I was going about thirty. Really? So it wasn't actually a thrill. It was just like, oh, this is neat. <laughs> but the banks, man, those are scary. Like I thought I was going to tip over. That's how steep it was. I would imagine so, especially in like an SUV. Yeah. 
Especially in a big SUV. Yeah. Wow. It's very fun, though. Uh, so, yeah, the Autobahn's one of the safest roadways in the in the world. Yeah, now it is. the United States. But it's not. It's in Germany. That's right. Don't try and fool me. Uh, there's been talk in recent years, Josh, about uh, imposing some speed limits because of environmental factors more than safety. Yeah, apparently if you propose um, putting speed limits on the Autobahn for safety reasons, you're just chided and derided and abraded <laughs> yeah. like by everyone. Like, oh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You clearly just moved here from Spain or something like that, you know? Um, it's all about environment, though. And, in fact, there's three cities in Germany, uh, Bonn, Cologne, and I think Berlin, who've instituted um, what are called umlaut zones? No. I don't think they're umlaut zones. Umwelt zones, <laughs> okay. uh, which is an environment zone. And basically yeah. it's like you have to have a sticker that shows that your car was um, inspected and meets approved emission standards to be able to drive in this environment zone. Oh. So if you drive a, a nasty diesel sure. car, you can't drive in certain sections of Bonn or Cologne or, I think, Berlin. Well, and speaking of stickers, too, you have to have a tire rated for, for speed as well, which is another great rule. Well, yeah, you can't. If you have a really fast car, you can't have really cheap tires. Yeah. Like, your tire has to be rated for your car's top speed, or you can be pulled over for that, too. Right, but they do allow exceptions, I think, for certain kind of winter tires, which you need the sticker for, though, to show the cop. The bullet side that you're like, I can have these winter tires. Yeah. Back off. So obviously they're going to post speed limits all over the Autobahn for um, carbon emissions, right? Sure. Wrong. <laughs> uh, Chancellor Angela Merkel, um, in this country you would call her Angela Merkel, um, she said in 2007 that she would not support any speed limit uh, measures for the Autobahn. I love that. Instead, she said, automakers, why don't you just go make the cars um, more efficient Yeah, uh, with fewer emissions? That's what I love. She's like, no, change your cars. Yeah, and apparently she's she's uh, she's a standard bearer for the rest of the country as far as the Autobahn goes. You got anything else? I mean, no, I don't have anything else. Really? I, got, I have one thing, and this, this makes sense. Um, during the Cold War, obviously, the, uh, the roads were neglected more in East Germany than yeah. West Germany. Right. And so it was sort of in a state of disarray, lots of potholes, um, impassable places, major obstacles, and um, a lot of these roads were just used for military traffic for a little while, but since the end of the Cold War, since the wall fell, mm-hmm. I think they've tried to help out East Germany a little bit there. Yeah. Make their roads a little better so they can be a Germany united in road and spirit. Yes. <laughs> and they are. Yes, they are. So uh, there you have it, the Autobahn. It's our companion piece to Route 66. I remember when I was a kid, it was, did you just heard a lot about the Autobahn. It was like, I don't know, maybe that was the big, when cars were really going fast, because I just remember the Autobahn. Like, well, yeah, but that was also the same age where you were, you know, eight to nine pageant. times likelier to have a, a poster of a Lamborghini on yeah. the back of your bedroom door. Yeah, with a girl in a bikini holding a beer mug. (laughs) Yeah, I remember those. I remember that Garfield one where it was like a real shot of a mansion and like a Lamborghini and all this, a boat and all that, but Garfield like superimposed (laughs) over it. It was like, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine a more 80s motto than that? Yeah, materialistic. Garfield, what are you doing? (laughs) You've gone astray. He's back, though, everybody. And he's dead. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up, is Garfield actually dead? It'll bring up some pretty cool stuff. It's a great way to end. Um, if you want to know more about the Autobahn, including some other traffic infractions and their corresponding fines in euros, you want to type in Autobahn, A-U-T-O-B-A-H-N, in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and since I said search bar in there somewhere, uh, that means it's time for not listener mail. Sometimes it means it's time for... Facebook questions. That's right. And this week, Josh, it's a very special edition of Facebook questions because these aren't questions about us for a change. We're not going to sit here and talk about each other, which we love to do. I find it off-putting when we do that. Really? Yeah, it's intrusive. Oh, I love it. Uh, These are Facebook questions for our special guest who is here in the studio with us. 
It's me, John Hodgman, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here again. But actually, guys, I got to tell you, I'm I'm not actually here. What What, what do you, you mean? You're sitting I'm here, here. here. I'm no. I'm I'm currently a hologram. The uh-huh. John Hodgman actual is currently in Brooklyn, New York. So Jerry busted you out. How did that go? She busted you out of the safe room. Oh, that went fine. Okay. And I was able to make it back home. You just left. And, was... uh, and John Hodgman Actual is in, in Brooklyn, New York right now promoting, well, actually at the Bell House tonight. We know the Bell House. Uh, getting ready to uh, to present the, the launch of his new book, That Is All. Which, I guess, came out today. It, it came out today, November 1st, 2011. Wow. So John Hodgman Actual had to be in Brooklyn to begin his book tour, and so he sent me his holographic representation. So should we congratulate you or can you send us a, can you send a message to I can convey a message to Hodgman Actual. Okay, so we had breakfast this morning. Was that you or was that the actual John Hodgman? That was me, the hologram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the hologram really tell? puts away the sausage links. Well, well, you know when you're a hologram you can eat whatever you want. Okay. Wow. That is so are you pre-recorded or I am an interactive program that responds to stimulus in a, 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 a very similar way. Wow! And yet, I see Chuck, me. Chuck is moving his hand through your head right now. So it's neato. It look you look totally solid, but obviously you're not. I am an interactive program that responds to stimulus in a very similar way. I thought I detected odors, John Hodgman odors, but I'm, that must just be in my head. I am an interactive program that responds to various hmm. stimulus in a in. I forget what I was going to say. Hmm. Well, you know, I guess that's good enough for Facebook questions. Well, I yes. I have a question. Can you feel love? Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Just let me flick this. There we go. All right. Hello, I am a holographic John Hodgman. How may I be of service? <laughs> well, John, holographic John, we had some fans write in of yours. Good. On Facebook. Because yes. we said, hey, John, the hologram is going to be in the office. That's great, because John Hodgman usually uses a robot to answer his email. <laughs> Perfect, then. So this works perfectly. And uh, they responded in kind, and uh, we're, you don't know these questions. This is not pre-prepared, and even if Hodgman actual did, I don't believe Hodgman uh, virtual would be preloaded with these in, their, in its yeah, software. Yeah, there's no way that these could be predicted. They're no. too random. I'm looking forward to hearing the questions from the millions of fake accounts and offshore banks that are registered at your website. At well, then we will we will ask it now. All right, very well. Josh, oh, do you want me to off? kick off? Sure. Are we gonna Are we gonna call out the people who uh, ask the questions? I think we should. Oh yeah, we always do. So, John, uh, John, the hologram. Yes. I, I don't know if you know this, but John, the actual, loves the podcast. Loves stuff you should know. He always talks about it, almost to an embarrassing degree. Um, I am. Aware of his affection for the podcast, I choose not to comment on it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But you can, you basically have access to all of John the Actual's thoughts and feelings about certain things. Yes. Okay, so um, we did a podcast, an episode on the Muppets. It's a much beloved episode. I am aware. So this question, I think, pertains to that. This is from uh, Josh Bailey, and he asks, which Muppet is your favorite? There can be no question that John Hodgman's favorite Muppet is Kermit. He is an incredible uh, character in American fiction that I adore. And also John Hodgman does, too. Okay. <laughs> it's convenient. Um, there is, uh, for the most part, a f- consensus on the Internet that I resemble a Benson Bunsen Honeydew. Oh, yeah, now that you mentioned that. And there's a very famous picture of you with said Muppet. Is there? There is. I've seen it. On on my phone? I have. It well, I neat. cannot, as a hologram, I cannot confirm whether or not that picture exists. <laughs> you, are, you are speaking of something that falls under a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> that you signed, Chuck? Pertaining to the new Muppets movie, of which John Hodgman has no part except uh, um, visiting a table read. Gotcha. That's um, a lot of information. But that, but that is, uh, that's, that. Um, yes, I think uh, probably uh, the Muppet movie is one of the gr- sort of most overlooked great film of the 70s. Agreed. You know what I mean? Of the great films of the 70s, mm-hmm. and I'm including 1980. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, you know, The Godfather and... 
uh, Chinatown and the, you know those those great hard weird complex yeah. unsparing French Connection French Connection you know adult sophisticated and I don't mean an adult in a story of a sort of way yeah right <laughs> Empire Strikes Back obviously falls in that category as yeah. well sort of uh, morally nebulous and 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 dark the Muppet movie is is equally that it is a movie about puppets that go on a journey to Hollywood to make a movie about puppets. And at the end of the movie, all of the puppets sing about how life is a movie while they're surrounded by fake props that are imitating the fake props from the earlier part of the movie. (laughs) And then the theater, uh, the, the ceiling of the theater smashes and a real rainbow comes in and touches them all. And then Kermit looks directly into the camera, breaks the fourth wall and says to you, the viewer, Life is a movie. Write your own ending. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, this is, as you know, this is the only movie on which the literary critic Roland Barthes was given a screenplay credit. Yeah. I think Brooklyn Hipsters so, would call that meta. It's so, in, <laughs> it's so intensely meta and yeah. beautiful and yet, and yet also emotionally very affecting. I love Kermit the Frog. So I love Beaker too. I love Beaker. Put Beaker down. Kermit and Beaker. Sure. Josh Bailey. All right, this is from uh, Joshua Charles Knowles. Right. Favorite board game, favorite cartoon, and favorite Pulitzer recipient. Favorite board game, obviously, is Scrabble. Of course. Favorite cartoon, animated or, or strip cartoon? Comic yeah. strip or cartoon? Strip favorite cartoon. cartoon. Let's go with uh, t- television. Or flip book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite cartoon, Watership Down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> favorite. A lot uh, of fun. It's hysterical. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's slapstick. Uh, rabbits are funny. Uh, favorite, and what was the last part? Uh, Pulitzer Prize recipient. David Lindsay Abair, the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, David Lindsay Abair. All right. Whom I made fun of two podcasts ago. That's right. That's from Joshua Knowles. Thank you, Joshua. Who is the next Joshua to ask me a question? The next Joshua to ask you a question is Bridget Reef Shopbell. She's got three names. Well, Joshua likes Bridget. to flaunt them, I guess. Her question yes. is as follows. Is Judge John Hodgman, which is a podcast, it is. Uh, ever going to be a regular weekly or more podcast? I ask that question because it's a question and a bit of a dig. Yeah, I get it. Okay, Joshua Bridget, I feel that. That hurts. You've probably heard a lot of that lately. Yeah. You know what? Here's some things that happened in my life. I work for The Daily Show. With John Stewart. With John Stewart from time to time. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book that I'm publishing called That Is All that comes out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, I have human children. Yeah. I have a cat that needs feeding and tending. Mm-hmm. And I do a podcast that I love very much called Judge John Hodgman, where people call in and I, and I, and they tell me their disputes and I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. And, and Jesse Thorne, the uh, bailiff, Jesse. The producer of bailiff the podcast. Bailiff Jesse, Jesse Thorne, excuse me, has uh, had a baby recently. And he recently had a baby. So, so you know what? has been busy. And also, I'm a deranged millionaire, and I took two months off over the summer. Sue me. To, to, <laughs> to sit around and, and, uh, and work on my, uh, on my inventions. Right. So here's the thing. I was a little busy. We fell off our regular weekly thing. It's hard to get good disputes. It's hard to get disputes where people aren't simply buzz marketing Facebook all the time, yeah. like we're doing today. Yeah. Um, we will put that thing out as as often as we can, and I hope it will be weekly. But it will never, ever be twice a week, because we all know that's podcast death. <laughs> Especially after three years. Yes. So that was Joshua Bridget. Any other Joshuas out there? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is from... Uh, uh, Joshua Ginger Snap Dragon. Oh, and he writing, or she writing from Second Life. <laughs> should we eliminate pennies in our currency system? No, pennies are delightful. Great. I if if, any of you, if if there were not pennies, there there would not be the great Paul F. Tompkins routine smashed pennies and that's available all you need to say. available on his CD uh, Freak Wharf. You are a good friend. Well, he is a good comedian. You ready? Yeah. This one comes from lightning. Lightning round. I'll be fast. Well, we've got we we have a lot of a lot of people want to know stuff. Oh, I'm happy to tell them from you. Um, there are a lot of people who asked questions about your mustache. 
Some sure. of them are stupid questions, mm-hmm. like "What's up with the mustache?" Mm-hmm. But or, or um, what mustache do you look up to the most is on my list. It's okay. It's better than what "What's up with the mustache?" But I, I, I'm choosing this one from Joshua J. McCracken, who has um, Bullwinkle as his avatar. Sure. Is your mustache a tribute to Stanley Tucci's epic performance in The Lovely Bones? Mm. That uh, that is not the case. Uh, uh, Doc Holliday, played by Val Kilmer. In, <laughs> oh, I see uh, it Tombstone. now. Tombstone. I totally see it now. Yeah. Um, with the, the dying alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> That was brilliant, John. That was good there was stuff. a time in my life in the 90s when I loved that performance so much that I was like, maybe I should get tuberculosis. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should sweat and drink all the time starting at 9 a.m. Yeah. And, and, and cough because I'm already asthmatic, so I'm halfway there. Yeah, sure. And look what it's done for you. Look, I grew a mustache because that is the only facial hair I could grow. And I wanted to grow some facial hair. And this is what what every hair you see on my face, that is the only hair that I could grow. Like you're trying to grow a beard right now as we speak and have been for months. Yeah, and, that's and why. You that's, grow a neck beard. Shaving. I see some stuff down there. No, 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 no. You don't want to see. No. I spend a lot of time this summer when I went away as a deranged millionaire Working experimenting with the beard. Yeah. Because truly, if I really want to be a deranged millionaire, I got to go full Howard Hughes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mustache and uh, Wyatt Earp soul patches. I mean, uh, Doc Holliday soul patch isn't going to do it. <laughs> but it's just not in me, guys. There's still a part of me that's not deranged and not millionaire enough to do it. So that's the that's the answer. Yeah, that's a lot of people wanted to know that, John. Where'd you go? Some, you know, it's like sometimes you wear a different shirt. Can a guy grow a mustache? Yeah, people just want to know why the guy's wearing the, the concern shirt. that people have. And here's another here's another perfectly true answer. You notice that the mustache that I'm wearing uh, looks fake because it is so, so much darker than my regular top hair. That is true. My whiskers are very dark, right. and my skin is very pale and pallid, much like Doc Holliday's. <laughs> and I got a little tired as this happened once where someone came up to me and said, I really like that you're growing a mustache. And it was 11 o'clock in the morning, and I had shaved that day because... <sighs> When my whiskers would come in, they would be very dark. It always looked like I was growing a mustache. Right. So I decided to give nature what it wanted. Nice. Very All nice. right. So that's your answer. Thank you, Josh. Josh uh, J. Josh, Josh Ginger Snap. <laughs> uh, boring, boring, boring. Oh, John, mean, mean to Facebook. This is from, uh, this is from John uh, Ridium. How do you feel about Asian carp? That's not the, that's not the snakehead fish, is it? I don't know. No, you're thinking of the worm face. Is Asian carp a predatory species? Is that the issue here? Not predatory. I think you're thinking invasive. Invasive. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really have lightened up a lot. Over the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how to answer that question. I, I, they're they're huge carp, and you know, generally, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of all. Well, that's a little like uh, Getty Lee's famous words, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. John Hodgman right. refusing to answer is your answer. But here's one I'm Getty here, Lee didn't write that, by the way. Here's what I'm going to say. Neil Peart's famous yeah. words. And, and, and speaking, speaking of, uh, of, uh, of giant uh, freshwater fish, mm. there is a long section in this book that I have written that comes out today mm-hmm. entitled That Is All. Right. The third in the series. The third in the series of Complete World Knowledge, including information on wine and sports and the end of the world. Mm -hmm. There is a long section in this book that follows the path of a semi-professional noodler Mm -hmm. who who, uh, meets an unhappy end. Noodling, of course, being the the sport of sticking your hand down a catfish's mouth um, and catching it. Yanking. And yanking it out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he later comes to face the ancient and unspeakable one, the giant catfish that uh, is the entire Mississippi River. <laughs> That's another story. But that whole section is an homage to the first episode of Stuff You Should Know I Ever Listened To. Oh, that was the first, huh? It was. That is very thrilling, John. And you know what, John? When I was reading your book, I noticed that there were some Stuff You Should Know threads. Oh, really? Well, well, just a couple of things I noticed. Yeah. 
like the Mayan calendar and prohibition, prison wine, whoa. the Hadron Collider, whoa. cannibalism, whoa, taste, sinkhole, zombies, fluoride, toxoplasmosis, HP Love, hey, 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 rogue taxidermy, odd town festivals, spontaneous human combustion, wait crystal, a minute, crystal skulls, the many worlds theory, wait, one, near death experiences. Do we get any money for this book, John? <laughs> Look, there's obviously a kinship in the way we look at and think about the world. We're both trying to explain everything. Give me the list, and I'll tell you where it came from. You're not getting this list. Give me, No, read it. Read it. Just this read doesn't the, even have to be in the podcast. Prison wine. Prison wine, first revealed to me at the offices of Twitter in 2008. Hadron Collider. First, uh, first came to my attention when I was writing an uh, article for Wired magazine in 2007. Toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis, I have a human child. I have a wife who is pregnant. Of course I know about toxoplasmosis. Wait a minute. You, you hadn't heard about prison wine until 2008? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Crystal skulls? I did spend a night in jail, but it wasn't long enough to make prison wine. <laughs> Crystal skulls? Go back to my first book, 2005, Secrets of Yale University, where I talk about the rumor that the, uh, that the, uh, the, uh, the whiff and poofs, uh, <laughs> Gave the skull of Benjamin Franklin to Dick Cavett on his TV show, and it's not true. It was a crystal skull. Okay. That goes back to the World Book of the Strange that I read in 2004, writing the first book. The World Book of the... Does that have trepanation in it? Of course it does. Okay. Trepanation I got from uh, from uh, the Golden Compass. Give me more. Come on. All I'm right. not letting this stand. This uh, uh, Sinkholes? That's from you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, odd Town Festivals. Uh, that's from you. Okay. Because you actually gave us a, a, a thank you for that yeah. and for noodling. Yeah, we're cited as uh, experts. Yeah. Yeah, Not yeah. even a thank you, like experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Really? Yeah. All right. Odd Town Festivals, That's that That one's yours. Zombies? Not that I wasn't aware of a lot of those Odd Town Festivals. Zombies? <laughs> Zombies? I know he didn't invent it. Yeah, no, you didn't. In- let me let me give you a little history lesson, right? Zombie's been around for a long time. <laughs> Check out Serpent in the Rainbow, dum dum. Next, I, th- uh, I saw that in the theater. Rogue taxidermy, bartering. Rogue taxidermy was probably you. Uh, bartering, though that bartering, we didn't do bartering. House swapping, you mean? No, we talked about bartering, didn't we? I'm sure we did in house swapping. Yeah. Oh, also, um, conjunctions. We use a lot of conjunctions. <laughs> <laughs> bar- bar- bartering goes back to my first, my first year of college when I would tell other freshmen who were from out of state. I went to college at Yale University in Connecticut. Yeah. And I would just tell people that the Connecticut is the only state in the union where barter is still a legal form of payment <laughs> and that you can go into any, like, Wawa or convenience store. And try to buy things with shiny shells. Dude, and if they like accept to, it, it's legal. How would you like to be on the hall with 18-year-old John Hodgman <laughs> at Yale? Yeah, he'd be like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> well, so we'll, uh, we'll release this separately yeah. on the Internet. Look, I think I stand, <laughs> I stand my ground on this, right? All right. I guess that's about all the time we have you for think I just questions, though. Yeah. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That was beautiful. If any of you have questions for me, or you doubt, or you think that I've ripped off stuff you should know <laughs> on other subjects, and are not willing to, well, just accept that we think about the same things a lot. Well, my That's point why is, I like your show. We're both trying to explain everything, so there's bound to be some overlap. Yeah, but I've been at it since 2005. Exactly. And and I also don't care about facts. <laughs> but if any of you have questions for me and wish to, or for that matter, accusations for me. Won't you please come and see me? I am now on book tour. At least Hodgman Actual is now on book tour. Do you have dates? Yeah. This is, all right. So this is November 1st, right? Yes. yes. So November 1st, uh, I am in Brooklyn at the Bell House. Okay. November 2nd, I am in Chicago at the Second City ETC stage. Okay. okay. November 3rd, I am in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, let me. Well, you're really getting around. How? How will you be getting from place to place in such a short amount of time? Uh, I bought, I traded uh, Nick Mangold, mm-hmm. my burning Zeppelin, for his um, penny farthing motorcycle. Oh, yeah, that seems even because so, the Zeppelin was burning. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. On November third, I'll be in St. Louis, Missouri, at the Mad Art Gallery. November fourth, I'll be in 
Los Angeles, California, with Mr. Paul F. Tompkins and Mr. John Roderick. Wow. November 6th, I'll be in Portland, Oregon. I believe Roderick will be there. And I know that he'll be in Seattle at Town Hall on November 7th. Is Roderick playing or anything? Or is he yeah, just... he'll be playing. Oh, that's yeah, nice. not, No, he's not just going to be sitting there. I just thought he would shadow <laughs> you. He's going to be <laughs> standing <laughs> there as entourage. Yeah, right. Then I go down to Austin, Texas. Great. A site of your live Stuff You Should Know podcast. On know what? Uh-huh. UFOs. Nice. Which you've mentioned in your books? At book. <laughs> Good point. Oh, you got me. You got me. Ancient astronauts? Yeah. yeah, you got me. You got me. November 8th at Book People, one of the great independent bookstores of all time. Then uh, Durham, uh, North Carolina at the Durham Armory, November 9th okay. with the Regulator uh, at the Regulator Bookshop with son of North Carolina, David Reese. Uh, and then in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, the, the uh, college hometown of famous Tracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be on the 11th, just a few hours' drive from here, Atlanta, by the way. In case You're not you swinging back through, though, huh? No, I can't, unfortunately. I feel very bad about it, but, uh, okay. but here, I'm here now. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, then I'm back in New York November 14th at the Barnes & Noble, and then November 15th at the Coolidge Corner Theater in my hometown of Brookline, Massachusetts, and then November 16th at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul, an extra special episode of Wits, a public radio show hosted by John Moe, Starring me and special guest uh, John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats, one of my favorites. I love those guys. Boy, oh boy! If you want, that is a crazy couple of weeks. It's a crazy cuckoo tour. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that people will come out. You have to buy tickets, but you get a copy of the book with the ticket. Wow! And I will sign every book that that, that comes there, and I will talk to you all, and I'll answer your questions, and I will respond to your accusations. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, I will, and I will and I will not be holographic. I will be Hodgman actual. That's great. So thank you very much for uh, letting me come by again, guys. Of course. Boy, it sounds like Our I'm pleasure. saying goodbye, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to come back the next one. Are I you serious? Yeah. Sorry. We're doing another one. Yeah. Hi. All right. Well, until then, what today's Tuesday? Yeah, I'll see you. Well, the holograph will reemerge. So we have to deal with the holograph again. You're making us do a fourth one of these, and you're not even coming down here. Right, because when, when when are you on again? Thursday the th- the 3rd. Right. So you'll be where? I'll be in St. Louis at that okay. time, gateway to the west. All right, well, we'll see Hodgman's hologram again in a minute, and so will you, I guess, in a couple days, right? I'm going to power down now, if you don't mind. Okay, we'll see you in a little bit. <clears throat> if you uh, have a question... For John or for us, or you just want to say hi, or you want to say please bring back listener mail or anything but this, you can tweet it to us at SYSK Podcast. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuff you should know, or you can send us a good old fashioned email at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?